everyone. Rachel here with a quick note about this episode. I had the pleasure of having a guest host this time, my good friend Justin, who is reading the books for the first time ever and is a super fan too now. And uh, like us, reading these for the first time, he has a lot of theories. Uh, They aren't technically spoilers because he hasn't read beyond what we've actually covered here on the podcast. However, there is a chance that some of his thoughts might lead to potential spoilers. So if this is your first time with the books and you are super spoiler averse, which is understandable, no one wants to ruin this great reading experience for anybody, I wanted to offer you this caution so you know how to best proceed. Anyway, we hope you enjoy the show just as much as we enjoyed making it. Thank you again to Justin for stepping in and filling in. It meant the world to me. I had a blast. On that note, let's get into the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cast of Cop, where we talk about all things related to the Dark Tower series by Stephen King. I'm your host, Rachel, and normally this is the part where I would introduce the other half of my content, DJ, but he's actually out this episode. But don't worry, don't worry, because I get the pleasure of introducing a new member of the content, my very good friend and fam of the pod, Justin. Uh, long days and pleasant nights. Oh, look at you! <laughs> <laughs> Someone has not forgotten the face of their father. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm just waiting for that response, but, you know, it's not going to happen, huh? Which one's that? Did I fuck it up? And may you have twice the number. Oh, my God. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> Called out I on mean, my own I podcast. <laughs> and may you have half the number for this. <laughs> i'm sorry i'm it's sorry okay. i was like okay you know what i'm gonna pick a quote she'll know it easy i don't even have to like tell her about it okay oh, i'm sorry i blew I, it no yeah. well here we are great start no i'm just kidding <laughs> no okay so obviously justin is my very very good friend and um a new initiate into the world of the dark tower i think yes. you could say uh, uh yes very 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 much so okay cool so, all right, real quick, plan for this episode. We're going to kick off the show with an in-depth conversations of, of Wolves of the Call Part 2, Telling Lies, Chapter 1, Sections 1 through 7. Um, and then I don't have a listener question because I blew it this time. So we will be skipping that this time, but we'll have one for the next episode. But before we get into any of that, I want to take a minute to get to know you a little bit better or let the listeners get to know you a little better because I know you very well. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, mean, we didn't. We, yeah. yeah we we'll just did like this. a tight 10 on, on pooping. So 10? <laughs> okay. Very... Tight three Hour? times 10, four yeah. times 10. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're already pretty tight is what I'm saying. But I want them to get to know you because you're amazing. First of all, oh, let's. You. Let's tell them about what your like what your gig is. Like tell tell us about Here's Johnny. Okay, so uh Here's Johnny is a podcast that I co-host with my good friend who I've never met in real life, uh, <laughs> uh Larry, who is on the untitled untitled Nick Cage show with yes. Rachel. Um we basically just go through like what we've kind of broken down into like subgenres of horror. Um and we just go through seasons of that, uh, reviewing games and movies and yeah, I don't know. Rachel's been on there a bunch. You know, yep. we did like uh, our, our saw. <laughs> I, I, dro- I, I dragged you through saw, and uh, Larry dragged us through scream. And, uh, 
it's okay. We're getting our come up, come up with the uh, Hellraiser. So yeah, yeah. we are. <laughs> yeah, listeners of the show have heard of your podcast because I, you know, I plug it whenever I'm on the show. I always plug it at the end of this. Um, but now you're getting to experience Justin. Oh, yourself. thank you, thank you. Yeah. Um, uh, also, I was recently uh, on a patron special. For, yeah. Uh, <laughs> on a patron special or were the patron special because i feel like it could be argued that you stole that whole show and i was glad for it um uh yeah there is a gift going around of me right now and uh it is uh i feel like i'm just gonna have to live with it for the rest of my life yeah i made it in like gift maker and then i went back to get it and it was like 404ing me i'm like what but don't worry, I have rebated it and it will be saved oh. forever on Giphy. <laughs> oh, lovely. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I love it. It's <laughs> amazing. It's Making it was one of the greatest moments of my life. And then I was like, please let me use this. Oh, yeah. You are such I, a good sport. I, If I bring anything to the table, it is commitment to the bit. Yes. That yeah. is like my specialty is yeah. if I do something, I don't care. Go tell them whatever. Like. I remember pre-show you were like, I think I might wear a suit. I thought you meant like a suit and tie, not a full morph <laughs> suit. <laughs> Listen, you said go for it. So I was like, well, all right. I got I got, I got like a blank check here. So what am I going to do? <laughs> um, I will tell you, do you know how hard it is to find a store that has a Halloween costume uh, in March? I was going to say, how did you get this thing in time? Because we were like talking about it the day before the show. Uh, so surprisingly enough, uh, so the next morning i went to work uh worked for like five hours came home uh grabbed michelle and the kids and we went to there's like a party store and they <laughs> they they keep their unsold halloween costumes all year round what? and i just went and i was like hey do you have like this costume blah, 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 blah. and they had one left <gasps> and it was my size so i was like oh, okay it's meant to, to be dude to. and then of course i bought like green face paint <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing see the best thing was even though the morph suit only stayed on for portions of the show because it was so hot oh it is like I, the the makeup was present the whole time yeah and i just looked like a green rubber pencil <laughs> it was amazing Ugh. it was so great it was a journey we went through. It was, it was, great. It was I loved amazing. It. It, you yeah. made the show. Like you, oh, thank you. And thank you. after all of your fear of how poor you were going to perform, you absolutely crushed. So now, now I just know you're Canadianing it. Like, well, you... I, I, I figured that's why DJ isn't here today, right? He couldn't. He couldn't. <laughs> the, uh, the shame. Yeah, the shame. He, just, he couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah for those of you in the audience who have not seen it or signed up for the patreon you are missing out yeah i said a... it beforehand but i really didn't know what i had on yeah and uh ho hopefully i get invited back i'm you know i'm oh dude absolutely. I, I know i know i will i know i will obviously I mean, you're already <laughs> back on this show <laughs> yeah okay that's fair i was yeah. like worried i was like you're gonna be so sick of me i keep making you do all this these podcasts oh, with me <laughs> so it's funny i i was i was talking to larry about this i was like i don't have to edit whatever it's literally sitting down and talking to you so it's in it nice right being it the is. guest is the best oh man it's like it's... the minute you stop recording you're like and i'm done i need to send <sighs> out a tweet go... oh yeah i gotta, oh, <laughs> gotta go to bed oh, yeah it's great yeah <laughs> it doesn't like that that's why i'm like yeah, whatever sure you know just tell me when and i'll be there oh, you're such a good sport and it also oh. helps like ever since 
you started reading the dark tower this is a moment that i've been waiting for i told you before that i'm like yes, I've yes. Been, we've been building to this and i keep like going like don't forget we're gonna have i don't wanna, I, I feel bad because i you know i'm i, I will probably get into this but I, but i stopped for a bit um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that was a hard time for me i don't like to talk I'm about sorry. the dark times oh <laughs> the dark no. times of the dark tower i get it i get it you know yeah well, it's, i mean i guess i'll just kind of get into this now like yeah i binged the first three slash the uh i'm sorry i'm blanking on the name the sisters of i think you binged the four because i think you made it through wizard and glass right oh i did yeah so i binged four books in like a month and a half Mm -hmm. and the side story i'm sorry i can't i am completely little sisters of Aloria. yes you were close yeah yeah i knew there were sisters in there somewhere um (laughs) i i mean i so i binged all that in about a month and a half and then as per usual i got like (laughs) <laughs> really burnt out obviously because i'm like yeah. listen to it you know day in day out at work for yeah. hours at a time mm-hmm. and then i took a little bit of a break and then uh, now i'm back though and, yeah. I assume, and i was like maybe like two hours in and then you obviously had asked me to join here and i was like <laughs> okay gives me it gives me a reason yeah. so i i got caught up in like a day <laughs> Yeah, it helps that we're slow as hell. <laughs> so yes, you're like, yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of behind. I was like, you got time. <laughs> well, and, and it's funny, so I was like, okay, if I have a day, that's enough. Right? Yeah. Because I, I can generally listen to about like eight to ten hours a day. Yeah. And I could see how there's like kind of a little bit of a uh, like a momentum dip that happens at the front of this book with the prologue and then them sort of walking. And I think thematically all that stuff is important, but like coming off of the craziness of wizard and glass like it does feel like a little like yes yeah well see but the 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 other problem was with me is that they started to and i don't mean this in a bad way but they started to blend together Mm -hmm. i was having a hard time telling where one store one book started and the other ended i mean obviously like there's like blaine yeah and the 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 og jake yeah Uh, you know you you don't forget your first but uh (laughs) but i i feel like the um for me anyways kind of the later half of two and and all the way up to the end of four kind of started to blend together with me and that's Mm. kind of when i know like okay i like i'm still taking it i'm still really enjoying it but i'm starting to have a problem separating what happens and when so that's that's how i know when i'm like okay I have to take Time a step a back. Yes, yeah. I need this kind of, and then it, it, it's always hard because then when I come back into it, I'm like, okay, I have to kind of remember where I was, and yeah, that's why I just restarted. Uh, Weirdly, this is kind of the perfect place to do it too because it's like the book he started after a huge like time gap, so oh, really? he did a reset. Uh huh. Yeah. So he did the first three, and it's like this cliffhanger with Blaine. Yes, and then. It, then it's wizard and glass and like it came out i don't know 10 years later and then there was another huge gap between here and this and like he he had this huge life altering experience that happened where he almost died and then he came back and wrote the last three so <gasps> there's some resetting that happens at the front of this book that i think was intentional because he knew people hadn't read the books for 10 years yeah so it's actually a good place to pick back up. And I, I think you had actually told me that there is another short story or something that takes place between Wizard and Glass. And There's another book. Yeah. I don't is, remember what it, 
what it's called. Sorry. It's I'm... called Wind Through the Keyhole and it takes place. It's it's a they call it book 4.5, even though he wrote it like several years after the Dark Tower, where it takes place in the time between um, them leaving. I can't remember where it is, but they basically there's is a that, huge is that Emerald storm. City. Yeah, there's like, okay. mm, is that true? Or is it even before that? It might even be before. I can't remember. But they, there's this huge storm, yeah. and they have to take shelter. And over the course of the night, he tells them two fables. And so it's like kind of like Wizard and Glass, where it's like a story within a story. Okay. Um, okay. But it doesn't like advance the story. But it's kind of perfect at the end. You know, we're going to read it at the very end, even though chronologically it happens at a different point. So is because... that where you suggest I should read it as well? Yeah, I think because okay. I think after it's over, you're going to be like, maybe not right away because you'll just be like, I need a break. But at some point, you're going to be like, I miss Roland and Eddie and Susanna and Jake and Oi. And then at that point, you can kind of go back and revisit it. Although a lot of people read the books and then turn around and read the books again because they want to like pick up on all the stuff that is like yeah. seeded throughout the books. But so, so you have also told me that there is a point in time where you are given uh, two options. Yes. Either to keep going or to stop. Yeah. I, mm -hmm. This could potentially be spoilerish. Um, yeah, I can't tell you why. No, I, I'm not going to ask why. But uh -huh. is it in this book? No, because there's it, only it's there's two books after two this. Books. Okay, it's in the last. It's at the end of the last book. So wait. Mm -hmm. Keep go. Oh, is it like part way through the last book? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. And like, I I don't know anyone who actually stops. I don't think you'll be able to stop at that point. It's like totally the vinegar strokes of the books. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, whatever. Yeah, Our listeners I, can handle it. <laughs> I mean, some of the stuff that Stephen King gets into, yes, uh, they can actually they can absolutely <laughs> not quite. It. It's not literally the vinegar strokes of the book, but I mean, in terms of like your need to continue, you're like, you're edging a little bit. So. <laughs> Am I going to have to cut all of that? No, just leave it in. <laughs> You're leave a it bad in. influence. Thank you. Thank you. And, in that you that. make me be my true self, which is <laughs> terrible. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. So what is it about the books that you really connect with? So mainly uh, there's this fantastic person I know who told me I should read the series. Larry? You. <laughs> <laughs> I um, know. I just wanted you to say it. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so, so I had actually tried to read the first book a couple of years ago, and oh. I just wasn't really. I mean, so I should say I am listening to the audiobooks. I'm not reading the actual books. Mm -hmm. um, I just that's how I do my reading. Yeah. <laughs> um, you will not like, be well, shamed for audiobooks well, on this podcast. No, and I have like a weird thing. If I, I like try to read a, a book, I just get tired. Mm -hmm. i don't know that's totally same, thing, that's like... same thing happens to my dad too he like can't i mean he can read obviously but like if he tries to read a book it just like he just falls asleep yeah that's how and i used to fall here. asleep when i was a kid was i would yeah. read a book i don't i don't i don't it's get soothing. it yeah but uh but yeah so i'm listening to the audiobooks and i listened to the first chapter of the first book mm -hmm. and was like eh, i'm not really feeling the narrator so i bounced off and then you had told me oh you should Read it, you know, well we got into it already but basically that you told you told me i should read these books mm -hmm. but it and i like kind of pushed through a little bit and now i'm i really like the narrator i i can't i'm blanking on who narrates it um, well frank Mueller did the first four books i think 
then unfortunately he was in a really um really bad uh motorcycle accident oh yeah and so then james woodall not james george woodall took over okay i knew felt a little different yeah and i was like yeah. oh, i can't tell what it is yeah no it's a different narrator because oh, so does he do the rest of them then? he does although okay. i i think they i think originally it was stephen king himself who read the last one but they've redone it with george Goodall. thank god oh, oh <laughs> i love yeah. stephen king but you know like he's a great writer narrating is not for everyone yes I, i'm not a good narrator oh know? no i couldn't narrate anything <laughs> if I, life depended on it so yeah yeah um but other than that i i don't know i'm i'm just i like fantasy setting in a book and obviously mm -hmm. this is a very high fantasy yeah. um mixed with like old like old westerns and mm -hmm. I, I i'm 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 just really connecting with the vibe i guess yeah of like this old crusted gunslinger who's like <laughs> trying to bring up like basically the next generation Mm -hmm. I, I had something about it just like clicks with me maybe because yeah. i'm dead i don't know <laughs> do you have a favorite like scene in the books like a moment where you're like yes. when you look back at it you're like that's my favorite part so far um weird so i don't know if it's like a, a weird choice um but it's basically when uh roland is on the beach with like the lobstrosities and, oh, and he's like kind of like trying to get Eddie to come back, and then Eddie comes back, and he's like sees that role and is like dying. Uh huh. And I I don't know, just the lobstrosses really creep me out. Oh yeah. So and I I think it's just kind of always stuck with me, and yeah, and like the whole like did a chick did a did a chum or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it really weirds me out. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. It's just I I think it's because it's the first time we're like seeing Roland truly vulnerable like he is mm -hmm. at death's door mm -hmm. and he has to kind of rely on this at the time drug addict to like save him yeah yeah it's it was wild and then there's a whole like naked gunfight thing which is wild it's uh, so good yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah that's a great that whole scene with in belzar's place is yeah wow. that's like it, it, well see that's the thing is like so i like i, I Balazar's place was amazing and i yeah. love like the mid-world section of that too which is the, mm -hmm. the roland basically dying on a beach for an entire book right, right. <laughs> uh yeah no i that's that's got to be my favorite all right do you have a favorite character oh this um uh, i kind of like oi <laughs> uh <laughs> that's a totally acceptable answer oi is amazing and like i really like jake mm -hmm. but i have theories that I'm, I don't know if I should get into here, into now. Uh, save it for, hold on, I'm going to write a note because I want to know what it is. But we're going to okay. do in the extended episode, I want to hear all of your crack. Like, I am a crackpot. Everybody that listens to the show knows that, like, nothing can happen in these books without me reading conspiracies into them. Okay. So, based I, on what you're saying, I can, I can, I can smell the crackpottery. So I, I have a reason. So, I like Jake a lot, actually. But there is a reason why... He is not my favorite character because mm -hmm. maybe putting too much uh, information out there, but I'm trying not to get attached to him. Interesting. That's yes. interesting. 
Okay. I thought maybe it would be Eddie because you have a good sense of humor and like oh, he's nice. kind of like the Oh, Eddie. I love Eddie. Eddie's amazing. But isn't Eddie great? Yeah. <gasps> That's the problem is they're all so great. It's hard to pick a favorite. Yeah, I'm trying like, to think like. <sighs> from scene to scene, my, my opinion changes. But I think steadily Oi is like. Well, he's amazing. just like, he's kind of always like there. Yeah. And like always just like Were either like so drops worried? the ball or like, I don't know, does something like funny. <laughs> like he's almost like a humor well, yeah. not even like humor, but he's just kind of like a relief character. I'm sure yes. that probably changes, but no, he, I mean he, he gives oy like is oy. yeah, yeah, that's fair. When he was like in the tube in uh, under Lud, were you like, <sighs> I'm not ready for this? Yeah, I was. Like, oh my god, he is. <laughs> when going, he gets oh. stabbed, I was like, no, <laughs> I wasn't ready for it. Although uh, I will say, uh, hey Rachel, I, just so you know, I don't like kids dying. Hey, what's this book about? <laughs> kids dying. <laughs> You know, I'm just, not saying Jake dies. I, I I meant more of like what is going on in a you know, oh Kala okay yeah right now is it Kala I, or Kala? Uh, I always I've, say Kala, but Kala? it could be Kala. Okay. I okay. don't know. Oh, well, I, I was saying Kala too. Um, I oh, guess oh, you're right. Oh I didn't honestly. I didn't even think oh, about I it. Mean, what? I don't actually care. I just thought it was like funny. <laughs> and I I don't remember well enough to know if any of the like named characters. <laughs> <laughs> hey we're gonna find it i mean together. the wolves are coming so it's not you know there's gonna be casualties but i don't know if it's like adults or oh i figured I just, I just thought it was funny it's like hey I'm sorry the wolves come and take these kids and torture I, them i totally wasn't thinking i feel no, now i feel like shit i'm oh, no, so it's okay. sorry it's okay. I, I thought it, i just thought it was funny because i don't <laughs> think there's any graphic kid death in this oh but i mean what i, I, I mean, could also i'll be there's also it. like it stuff bad stuff happens in it to kids and I've read it, right? Like, if, whatever. It's a book. It's fine. I know. I just feel bad. And I, I definitely am someone who, like, flips past the animal violence stuff. And so I feel bad that I gave you a whole book about kid violence. <laughs> eh. Okay. Yeah. Got to break, gotta break through that wall somehow, right? Yeah. <laughs> Dive head yeah. on in. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Like, I want to, in the Wizard and Glass, I just, like, skipped right past the firecracker scene. I was like, nope. Good nope. Call. Good Nope. Call. Yeah. Not doing it. I knew it was going to be bad, and I was like, mm -mm. so I found out what happened when EJ did the recap, and I was like, yep, made a right call on that one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Uh, nope, nope. So I apologize. Um, if you want, I can just tell you what happens in the book, and you can go to the next one. Ooh, although, no, 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 okay. I, I won't do that. Uh, okay. Yeah, I won't do okay. that. Yeah. No. All right. So I'm assuming this is not your favorite book so far. So do you have a favorite? Um, yeah, so this was kind of, this is kind of tough for me. Yeah. Because I actually really, really liked Wizard and Glass. Mm -hmm. I loved the very Western aspect of it. Yeah. Again, Stephen King gets into this, like, horny teenager uh, describing sex, like, a thousand times in that book. Yeah, like, lots I swear and to God, lots of boners. As if I have to hear about boners or soft, supple nipples again, I swear No, I know, I know, I know, the nipples, no, it's so... Okay, so it's, like, something with him and George R.R. R. Martin, they are obsessed with the nipple. Yeah. I don't understand it. I don't. I don't know. Like, oh. I, I, I do, but I don't, like, you know. Like, enough already with the Yes, nipple. like, okay, it's a nipple. We get it. it uh, yeah. You don't have to tell me about, like, the creases and, like, <laughs> the, like, temperature of each bone. Like, I get it, okay? I get it. It's a nipple. Yeah. Um, well, DJ always says that Stephen King writes sex scenes like your dad's telling you about sex. Yeah. It just makes you super, well, like, it, 
And one, it's weird because it's like he wants to write an erotic novel. Yeah. But he wants to give you bite-sized pieces of it, like in, in well, not only this book, obviously, like bite-sized pieces. Yeah, bite-sized, <laughs> last entire chapters, you know. But, uh. Yeah, I, I, there's a point where he's just like, uh, and I'm done talking about this, and everyone like collectively like sigh of relief. Well, and <laughs> sorry to bring this up <laughs> as as kind of a side note, but like the whole like I think the the idea of the sex demon was cool. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, I mean, in the audiobook, it's like 20, 25 minutes long. Yeah. Of just yeah. like, and sadly, I'm not sure which one you're talking about because there's two. Because <laughs> um, there's the uh, one in the gunslinger. The, not that one. The one, uh, the one Susanna. in the speaking ring. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. That one's rough. That yeah. one, uh, if you go back and listen to the episode where we covered that, I was pretty spicy about that <laughs> yeah it's, i had it's, strong it's, feelings about that scene that's so weird um but uh other than wizard and glass i mm. i mean wizard and glass is a perfectly acceptable well, yeah. one to have your favorite it's it a great book be... see but i really like the drawing of the three it's a great book too yeah uh, there's really no wrong answers here i mean i will say you kind of nailed on the head that so far this is my least favorite book, not for the like subject matter. Just it's, mm-hmm. it's very almost like it's almost pumped the brakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Final question before we get into the chapter, who should play Roland in the, our fantasy film of the dark tower? Oh, okay. like not the bad shitty one that we got, but like the perfect one, like HBO decides they're going to make a 10 season version of these books. Who's Roland? I mm, now have either of you answered this question because uh-huh. I want to know. Okay, so who? Because I I have I honestly don't remember who we picked. Oh no! But okay. we did we did do a dream casting on it once, and like we had a handful of different people we picked. See, I think I picked to, a weird one. I'm trying I to always think of go like outside people the who look like he is described. But here's I don't the think thing: you can do you can do it however you want. You can cast him exactly how he looks. You can cast him exactly who you think could pull off the vibe. Weirdly enough, somebody who I think at this stage in their life could pull off the vibe is like Tom Jane. Um, oh, that's an interesting choice. Only and... because I like the, I like the Punisher movie. Oh, <laughs> okay. Um, but I'm also like goofy. I was thinking like maybe Tom Tom Hardy, but mm. a little too goofy, I think. And like everything That's he does. It's so funny that um, everybody's opinion of him has changed since <laughs> Venom. <laughs> but see, I like I am a fan of I I am too like Tom Hardy. There's also uh I feel bad for saying this. I think I've told you about this before, uh Tom Blardy, as we call him. Tom Blardy? Who's yes. Tom Blardy? Uh it's somebody who looks exactly like uh um Tom Hardy. I'm a fan of that guy. Um, sorry, I mean that. Logan Marshall Green. Yes, he's um, really good too. He was great in that, and he was great in the Invitation. I forgot about the Invitation. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, I but I am going to oh, man. See, because I, I I think of like a bunch of like people. I I I would just like to see like like Javier Bardem mm-hmm. or he was at at one point was attached to play Roland. I could see it. Hmm. But I'm trying to think of like, because he's got to kind of be like an older Jackman, four. maybe. 
Hugh Jackman. That's interesting. Well, because he's kind of he's like older now, right? So he's kind of yeah. got that like little grizzled look to him, and he's like he's physically big. Mm-hmm. Who are who do you think who who are you surprised I haven't said? I thought for sure you'd go uh, Tobin Bell. <laughs> <laughs> Tobin Although, Bell would be a kind of a rad role. In. You know what though? Tobin Bell is like the Man in Black. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Just like I mean, obviously, like. I haven't seen Tobin Bell in anything recently, so I'm not sure, like, how he's doing, but, you know. We'll find out in the next Saw movie, I guess. So, Jesus my Christ. man in black is David Tennant. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at him now. Oh, you know what? Hmm. I wonder how I feel about, like, <laughs> like Bruce Campbell being... Bruce Campbell. Interesting. Because he's, you know, he's obviously getting up there. As but, like, the... Roland? Yeah. I know, obviously, Roland's not like... What about Man in Black? Oh, Man in Black would be good. All right. Okay. So, I think, who have you... Have you? Do you have a top pick out of the picks for, for Roland? Uh, yeah, Nick Cage. <laughs> no, I'm Nick. joking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've seen Pig. <laughs> so, that yeah. doesn't sound as crazy after all. Like, if he can just, like, do a quiet performance, it could be interesting. I, I'm going to go... Shit. Okay. You're making okay. me choose. You're making me choose. I am uh, making you choose. Okay. I will say Tom Jane because I haven't seen him in anything lately and I like him whenever he shows up. Okay. He's, I mean, physically, he's kind of perfect for it. So, yes. Uh, yeah. And I, again, a lot of people don't like it, but I actually love the Punisher movie. Uh, and he's great as a, a vegan police officer in uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. So, you know. Yeah. He's also in The Mist. And, How did I forget about that? and if yeah. you go back and watch the mist he's painting a painting do you remember this no is he okay. is it the tower let me show you this i'm gonna send you a picture oh my god he's painting the tower isn't he uh, i'm gonna show you what he's painting because i have a screen grab right here well that was very quick well i know yeah, i like okay. gary oldman gary oldman would be a great roland right and so he's is- like so transformative Mm-hmm. All right, I put the I put it in our Discord. But also like Killian Murphy, like Ooh. a lot. Like I the will blue eyes. I well, that's exactly like I. Mm. I don't have a lot of actors or actresses that I will go out of my way to watch them in certain things. Killian Murphy is like the top of that list for me. Yeah, that's a good one. Like, especially, I mean, I mean, think, I'm just thinking about like. We talked about this last week, but like 28 days later in Sunshine. But even like his weirder roles, like I don't know if you've ever seen Peacock. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think uh, he's amazing. I, okay, I so agree. I'm going to blow your pants off. Are you ready? Okay, Killian Murphy is Roland. Okay, and hold on. I gotta undo my pants because I gotta <laughs> Killian Murphy as Roland and Jeffrey Dean Morgan as the man in black. Ooh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Like, <laughs> he I'm, would be so good as the man. I never occurred to me, but because of our conversation, and I know how you feel about both of these actors. Like, listen, I I don't know if this is the 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 right group for this, but like, <laughs> he's a handsome man. Yes, I. Uh, that movie would make me feel ways. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I think I think that's maybe our that's definitive casting. That's actually really good. Yeah, it's re- actually really good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, so I sent you that painting. What do you think? This oh, is a shit. screenshot from the show or from is, the movie. The is best. that like is that the cover of the first book? 
Uh, no, but yeah. but you can okay. see the tower, Roland, the door, and a uh, rose. That is what he's painting in the first uh, first scene. I mean, yeah, I never knew about this series back then, so that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying it's a weird sort of like you see him as Roland. He is kind of a maybe a twinner for Roland in the mist. I'm just saying. I'm just so actually twinners kind here. of float into my uh, future stuff, by the way. So wait, what you said twinner. Twinner. Oh, yes. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Yes. That actually just reminded me I want to talk about a tweet that Stephen King sent this week when we get into our extended episode because okay. I want to know okay. what you think about it. So I'm going to okay. or actually maybe I'll, I'll do it. For, I'll save it for the news section, but we're never going to get there if we don't get into this book. So let's yes. get into this. So before we do, normally this is DJ's job and I'm going to do a very poor imitation of it. Um, I want to let our listeners know what our spoiler policy is here in case this is their first time. Maybe they're big Here's Johnny fans or big Dread XP followers, and so they, they're following you here. I want them to know what they can expect, and that is that we will only spoil things that, uh, leading up to this part of the book. Anything in this chapter and anything before is fair game for us to talk about. Um, any speculation or any spoilers, we will warn you. We will give you a timestamp so that you can skip forward if this is your first time reading the books. And uh, just to kind of butt in for a second, I, uh, any uh, speculations I have, right? I don't know because, like, I am. This is my first read through, and this is like where I like I stopped at the end of this part, the end of this section. Perfect. See, normally this is like me and DJ being like, how do I talk about this without spoiling things? Like you can say whatever you want because it is it is impossible for you to spoil it. Yeah, just in case I'm you guys didn't gonna... know, Eddie and Roland fall in love and uh, they, you know, they live it the rest of their lives together. I would read that book. That's not right, cool, so right? would I. <laughs> Actually, awesome. you know what? Yeah, they should make that book. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that, listen, listen. Listen, now, listen. are you rethinking your your man in black casting? Like, uh, oh, that's hmm. now that would be in like he would play Eddie. Hmm. Okay, but yes. let's talk about this book. Yeah, all right, we'll get, so we'll get there eventually. Sorry. All right, where we left off. Okay, last time we were with our gang, um, they had just returned from their Todash trip to New York, where they visited the Rose, except for Susanna, who has come to realize that she maybe is not so alone inside her body in a couple of different ways. Um, and we pick up now with the uh, chapter section two, telling tales, chapter one, the pavilion, and we're going to be reading sections one through seven. Tell me what happened in this book. Okay, so yeah. Eddie is relieved to to discover that he was uh, a natural at riding horseback uh, since he had never been around horses and assumed that he would make a fool of himself as a gunslinger. Uh, <laughs> Eddie tells Roland that the trip to New York was a different time and it wasn't 19 and it felt real. Uh, he can't explain what that means, but Jake agrees. Mm-hmm. Which, perhaps, uh, sorry, I've never been on the show before. Would you nope. like me to wait until the end to interject? No, okay. no, so, no, 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 no. This, I, I'm just denoting where I have things to say, okay. but you chime in whenever you would like. I thought that this was actually a very interesting mm-hmm. character growth for Eddie because it's him kind of realizing that, okay, I I am a gunslinger. Like he is kind of starting to become more of this world than mm-hmm. his own world or his oh, yeah. old world, if that makes sense. Agreed. Yeah, I'm still, yeah, I'm, I'm still like weirded out with the 19 thing. I don't really don't ha- know how I feel about that. Yeah, oh, not, I'm not, curious not what you think about 19. 
I just assume it's like that, that really shitty Jim Carrey movie, the number 23, <laughs> where it's just like it's going to add up to something eventually. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Um, anyway, sorry. Uh, Eddie thinks that the horses of Kala aren't much like the ones he imagined in Regis. But even though they are docile, he feels weirdly comfortable with them and uh, knowledgeable about them. He asks for the stirrups to be adjusted. Uh, he ends up understanding on site how to do it. I, again, kind of realizing that he is he is more than he gives himself credit for, and he's kind of starting yeah. to become uh, more a part of this world. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is not an epiphany, just a sense of already knowing. And when Jake asks for a poncho to carry Oi on horseback with him, something in the way he says it makes Eddie realize Jake feels the same way. And uh, Eddie thinks it's almost like reincarnation and tells him himself he can't be from the line of Eld, but the thought keeps coming back to him during the day and in his sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there are two things that stood out to me in these two sections that I wanted to talk about because I think they're interesting. And one of them you already, I mean, honestly, both of them you to some degree have started already started hitting on and the first one is when he's talking to roland about the trip feeling real this time and that it didn't feel 19 but as jake describes it it was real as roses which i think is an interesting kind of uh comparison right so in some ways it kind of contextualizes more so what this 19 thing is that there's something potentially false about it uh inherent in the 19 that it would feel less real than the rose situation and so my question is, like, I, I kind of wanted to know, because you haven't read these books, you don't know the significance of 19, if this obviously stood out to you, like, what your theories are on it. Um, so obviously, like, name uh, places have kind of added up to 19. I think it's places. I might have might have just been names at this point in time. Um, but I feel like so far it is just people who are aware of the path mm. that, he, uh, that are 19. Um, I'm not... I don't really, I don't feel like I have a, like a comfortable foothold on like what the number 19 specifically itself means. I think there's like, so I was trying to think, okay, maybe that's the amount of roads, but I think we learn actually earlier that it's like, I don't remember that I'm going to make a fool of myself, but I think it's like seven or 12 or something like that. The, what what number is this? The seven or 12 of what? Uh, sorry, the number of uh, roads, like beams. Beams. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Yeah. Yes. Sorry, right. I think I said roads. I meant beams. Sorry. Um. I don't remember that exact number. So I was trying to think if it was that, but then I couldn't really kind of, Mm -hmm. or maybe like everything that's 19 is kind of like a, uh, not a premonition, but like a guide to get back Mm. to the tower. That's interesting. I had the same thought. Like it's almost like a street. It's almost like a sign, right? Yeah. Like, okay. So if you see the number 19 kind of thing, that's what you go with. Mm -hmm. And maybe that could be even what is kind of, pulling Roland along Roland along but we just don't know it yet because he had he himself because I feel like this book more than anything is us living through the eyes of like Eddie and Jake and Santa and not mm-hmm. so much Roland like yes mm-hmm. obviously we get his side of things right but he's a little bit of a yeah like it's more of like our world view is now through the Cotet instead of Roland whereas mm. like the previous books were more Roland based because like he is already kind of lived in this world and knows 
Interesting. That is interesting. Like, I mean, it makes sense that they would be our gateway, right? Because they're the characters we have the most in common with. So with that theory of it being sort of a signpost, the fact that we're getting this weird contextualization of it being the opposite of the rose, does that, how does that fit into your, your, your theory? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That's a totally valid answer because it's Um, confusing. I mean, it could even be like, maybe the rose is, I mean, every rose has its thorns, right? Like, it could, <laughs> I, I feel super corny saying that, but um, <laughs> but it could be like, hey, maybe the rose isn't exactly everything you thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. But you should follow the number yeah. 19 side kind of thing. I, I don't really know how to like. That's interesting. Because last time I was talking about how I felt like. I know the rose is supposed to be a force of good. Like that is what we are constantly told by the books, but the things that it says are so seductive that they sound like love bombing or like the kind of language that you would use to manipulate someone. Like how it's like, here is peace. Here is, you know, feeling complete. Here is everything you want essentially, which is exactly what someone trying to manipulate you would say. And so even though I know it's supposed to be good, there's a little part of me that doesn't trust the rose. So it's interesting that you, maybe feel some of that yes absolutely and i i think that more comes from i feel like at this point i kind of know how stephen king writes Mm -hmm. whereas like what is in front of you is kind of not what you're supposed to be looking at or like what he wants you to obviously look at but good things can turn out bad sometimes like yeah, yeah i feel like there's a lot of that in like it specifically mm-hmm. and i've been told that there's like some weird connection between it and the dark tower some at some point in time i don't think i've come across it yet i don't know yeah. but yeah i mean obviously like there's a bunch of turtle talk but you know that's <laughs> a bunch of turtle talk <laughs> i mean i'm not wrong right <laughs> no you are not wrong i just yeah. hadn't heard it that way and now it's how i'm going to say it well, so there there's a bunch of turtle talk and there's a big yeah. turtle at the end of it right i, I mean I the mean... turtles like yeah the turtle's a big deal turtles in it the turtles all over the place yeah i mean that's that's what i'm assuming the like kind of crossover was i don't know if it's something else entirely mm-hmm. okay so the other thing that really stands out in this section to me is obviously, and again, you've touched on this a little bit, was Eddie and Jake's natural talent for riding a horse. Um, yes. And at first, my interpretation was like, okay, this is just like one of those things where they have a natural gift for it in the same way that they just sort of picked up shooting. And and I think it's reinforced by the fact that Eddie says that this feeling that he has um, most is most similar to the time first time he strapped on Roland's gun. Yeah. Um, but... I also feel like King spends a long time really focusing on this and introducing this yes. idea that he feels like he is in the line of Eld and uh, that Jake also similarly has the same kind of feeling. Um, I kind of, I'm curious what you think King is trying to say here. So uh, this is actually where my, one of my theories completely pivoted. So I wasn't sure if I should bring that up here, but I I can. I mean, it's it's not a potential spoiler because you don't actually know. I have no idea. Um, Go ahead. So the chapter before this, sorry, it's it's weirdly separated in Audible, so I'm not sure if it's like the chapter, you know, it's basically the first part of the book. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, There's a lot of like twin talk. So I wasn't sure, like to me, this kind of pivoted to the point of me thinking, okay, so maybe there are 
twins, right? Twinners, mm-hmm. I think is what they're called. I think they were mentioned like once or twice. Yes. Um, or maybe more than that. Honestly, it's all kind of blending together. But uh, the whole thing with twinners is like they are the same people. It's kind of like when Jake saw himself. Yeah. Right. So there is like two versions of Jake. Mm-hmm. But he kind of has like memories from the other Jake as well. And mm-hmm. I feel like that is what was going on here. But they, because they've kind of come to terms with who they are. So like other Eddie who has also been like maybe like Eddie's midworld side, like before Eddie came over, had like ridden a horse kind of thing. Like Oh, same with, interesting. Yeah. Same with like shot a gun or like so it's either that or it's like a time loop, <laughs> which I I would not be surprised about. <laughs> interesting. Okay. What well what do you think about the whole idea that, you know, he's reincarnated from the line of Eld? So for me, that was kind of a, uh, that kind of feeds into like the whole uh, time loop of it all for me, because I think if it is, I, I kind of have obviously a couple of theories who wouldn't, um, but, <laughs> the, the, but the whole time loop theory is okay. They had already, they've already done this. So this is just kind of them going back in the, but they have no memory of doing it again, or they have like some kind of like, almost like almost like reflexive memory but not actually like set in stone memories of it so they've already done this so that he's already shotguns already ridden these horses or you know maybe not maybe everything's not the exact same but um so i believe that one of my theories is that like on a different level of the tower kind of thing yes so like my idea behind this is that he doesn't think he's from the line of eld when really he is the line of eld that's interesting i do think it's interesting that he's like later on in this chapter to reach the point where he's like questioning his own parentage like he's like wendell's yes. supposedly my dad but exactly like, like this has gotten into his head to the point where well, he's now like hmm and they, and they even talk earlier in the book about they've they ask roland how long he's been after the tower and right. I, for, I forget the exact number he says but it's like i mean obviously time moves weird in midworld yeah um time is a face on the water i'm not gonna know any callbacks just so you know <laughs> <laughs> it's the first like chapter it's like the name of the first chapter in this, oh. this book yeah oh. Oh, <laughs> it's fine <Okay. laughs> you have not been doing you, you have not gone through these books like the way i have although i i totally shanked that first reference so who it's am okay. i to judge <laughs> I mean, I can do it again if you want. <laughs> no, I don't care. It's fine. No, okay. uh, but, but yeah, I mean, that's, and that's where it's kind of hard because I do have like, yeah, I every... like how like major your theories are. I've never this imaginative. I mean, listen, it's, it's the saw of it all, right? Like you have to, yeah. for me, whenever I read these, especially these books where I know there's like mysteries surrounding it all, it's like, okay, what is, what's like the layer underneath? don't want you to see but right. stephen king also does a, he, i think he does a really good job of like no don't look there look here yeah and he's like keeps talking about this one thing that like maybe someone has to do with what is really going on but he is also talking about the kind of the major parts of it but like very subtly yeah yeah no i think you're right there's a section we'll get into in a little bit about how he loves to sort of tip his hand yes um that will definitely need to come back to what you're saying now all right that's that's all i got for this section okay okay so uh in, in uh section three 
as they're eating lunch uh, while riding, Jake uh, approaches Roland to ask something, ask him something as Din, mm-hmm. is that his name? Din is like the leader of their group, basically. Okay. Jake tells Roland that Ben invited him to come stay with him out at, uh, at the Rocking Bee. Uh, when Roland asks him if he wants to go, Jake blushes and says yes, because having another set of eyes would get, uh, on the place will give them a better picture. Roland is sad to see that Jake is embarrassed to do something as simple as simple and kid-like as having a sleepover. Uh, his experiences and Roland himself have robbed him of that. Uh, he carefully answers in a way to avoid discouraging Jake uh, to stay with Ben for as long as he wants. Roland and the rest of them will be staying uh, with Kala. Callahan. Callahan. Oh, my God. So he's um, the priest guy. Okay. See, priest. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake, now with a mission, uh, rides off excited to have a friend and go and uh, play. Yeah. Yeah. I found this section super bittersweet because one of the things that I love so much about these books is Roland's relationship with Jake. Because yes. he's kind of like the son he never had or almost had. Um, well, did have kind of and yeah. killed him. And then. Well, there was again. also like Susan being pregnant yes. and you know what I mean? Like that, yeah. all those losses that Jake kind of fills that role. And over the course of these books, I mean, obviously it's a rocky start. <laughs> I think we can all agree. But over on the rocks. <laughs> literally a rocky <laughs> start. <laughs> um yeah so but over the course of these books that father-son relationship really is one of the most tender connections like i know obviously eddie and Susanna are married but i don't think that you ever get the same kind of as much as i care about both of them like their relationship doesn't mean as much to me as jake and um roland's is and it's these little moments it's these little inconsequential character moments where you really see this softer side of roland where you really see this like in the best way paternalistic side of roland um that he he not only like cares about this kid but he mourns for the things that this child has had to sacrifice because of his life experiences um it's really i don't know so i pulled this quote because i just thought it was important and also Uh a little some nice foreshadowing perhaps um okay the boy the gunslinger realized how much he wanted to uh, continue calling jake that and how short the time was apt to be he had a bad feeling about colibrin sturges so like here you see him kind of longing to hold on to this boy's childhood a little bit, which I'm yeah. sure as a parent you can identify with. Uh, yeah, um, but Absolutely. You, you get this idea that there's this prediction of what's to come that no matter what comes out of the next step that they go through here, that he's going to lose that innocence. And it kind of harkens back to his own loss of in- innocence with his first kind of big mission in Majus. So as a parent, <laughs> Did this scene resonate for you at all? I mean, I mean, I mean, absolutely. Like it's, you know, it's uh, even my son who is six going on seven. It's like a big, he's kind of at that point where things are starting to change really quickly. Mm. And it's wild. And is like, it freaking you out? Oh, it's absolutely. Like, <laughs> I, I, and it's like, there is definitely like a, an urge to like oh no like stay where you like you know you don't need yeah. to grow up like stay that age like please yeah especially because <laughs> i know what comes next 
Uh, <laughs> I know. Uh, and they say that you're you're as bad as you are as a kid, your kids will punish you for. Like that's the perfect I justice. Michelle <laughs> like, and I have sat down on multiple occasions and just been like, oh, we're so fucked when they're teenagers. Like, we are so fucked. This is not gonna be good. Uh, but yeah, I think on that note, like, I think so much of this book is about time passing. And, mm. you know, we were talking about the Stranger Thing kids. Like, when you watch, like, when you see adult actors like Paul Rudd, you're like, time is still standing still. But you look at these young people who are going through parts of their life where they change really rapidly. Yeah. And you really feel the weight of that time. Like, Jake exists kind of in that place where you, as soft as time is in Midworld, watching him grow and change and grow up, like, makes time present in a way that is unavoidable and uh, and, and time is such uh, a through line with this book like there are so many ticking clocks in this book that he is kind of an encapsulation of that i think so this is actually another part where i oh, here we go the grand <laughs> theory of jake part two yeah do you want do you just want me to tell yeah. you it now i'll yeah, tell I you mean, now. yeah yeah let's so hear it. Uh, um having read stephen king books before uh -huh. Stephen King likes to write. Well, I was going to say misery, but he already wrote that one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Great book, by the way. Yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. fantastic. Oh, the like the, the I forget what the leg thing is called, but ugh, gross. Uh, uh, cauterizing of the stumps. <laughs> is that what, what no, you I just refer? meant? Like I just meant like stumping them. Like <sighs> the blowtorch, though. Come on. <laughs> I love Stephen King so yeah. much. He's such a sicko. I love it. But but he he likes to write. Um. Like really, like depressing things. Like not in. He wants to I hurt you a little bit. Yes, and I don't. I don't mean that in a bad way. He likes to. He likes to write misery. Uh huh. And uh, I don't think that Jake will be with us for very very much longer. Interesting. I uh, I don't know if by the end of this book, but maybe by the end of the next book, I think Jake is going to die. That yeah, is I, really interesting. And I, so and I, I, I the don't purpose of that would be for what? Just to like completely break him. I think it is like. You, so lose... you think he's going to go full monster. I, I don't think I don't think he's going to go bad. Okay. Because there's this whole thing about like the tower. Oh, I if mean, you he... get to the tower with like with your heart closed, it will turn you into a monster. So you think he's going to go monster. Did somebody just turn the PS5 on? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god you got a good ear he's like listen i know my sounds okay <laughs> you sure do <laughs> that was I, I've, amazing I've heard, I've heard the sound a lot okay okay <laughs> that was funny <laughs> uh, sorry but but no i i think i don't think he's gonna turn into a monster i think okay. that um maybe he will kind of this is kind of where it gets a little tricky uh -huh. i there will be almost another twinner situation oh you think there's another jake that we will get interesting from the baby oh i like the way you think yeah yeah well i, I just feel like it is the way that stephen king likes to write and i not so much what i have read but like in this series, but more so the author. Okay. And, and obviously like the baby being born would maybe like open up 
Susanna to like reach the dark tower. Mm. I mean, if, if they even reach the dark tower, who knows? It could be like kind of uh, an ever going ongoing thing that they eventually just give up on. I don't know. Interesting. Oh, Maybe. so you think they're going to give up on the dark tower? That, that's a theory, not like the main one, but uh, a theory is there's a bunch of branches. You know, this it's like a tree. There's a bunch of branches. Okay. Interesting. These are very interesting theories. Have you ever thought about writing? Oh wait, you are a writer. But have you ever thought about writing like fiction? Uh, once. Because you have a very. I like how your mind works. I would read that book. Okay. That's interesting. I mean, I'm not going to say it. I, like, I, I've always wanted to write a movie and or a book. You uh, should. But I just, I don't know. It's not a lot of time. I don't get that kind of time. I, I'm enjoying the the Justin remix. Oh. Well, I'm into it. You. Okay. All right. Well, I, I mean, it could also be just because it's not what you're used to hearing. So. <laughs> I mean, I like it. So whatever. Yeah. I don't need what I, I would listen. I, I, I don't know if DJ listens to these uh, when he's not on them. Probably not. Okay. Well, <laughs> T- tell him my theories because i would love okay. his opinions his on, yeah i would love his take as well i i, I want takes okay i don't want I mean, answers i do not want answers but i want well, my take is i think that's really interesting and okay. like i one of the things i love about these books is be, it invites you i feel like and this might also just be that i have a conspiratorial turn of mind but i feel like it invites you to engage on that level of sort of speculation and like going deeper like you don't just like let the book wash all over you like you you are trying actively a participant while reading it and i think it asks you to like try to puzzle things together and it gives you just enough to make it hard you know like and and to push your imagination and i think that's definitely evident in the way that i tinfoil hat in it and also like you have really come up with like a complex theory that is based not just in like this is the pattern of uh, like the typical plot points, but are based in what you know about the characters. That's crazy. That's awesome. That's so, good writing. And like also you have a creative mind that oh, can you. go there. I, uh... <laughs> All right. Okay. Let's get into this next section because we still got a few to go. Oh, yeah. Right. Okay. So uh, this is uh, section four. Uh, the Cotet gets a f- their first look at uh, Kala, 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 however you want to say it. Books of, I think it's Kala. Kala? Okay. I'll go. Yeah. Okay. I'll probably say it both ways. By you know what? This, say so. it however you want. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> People uh, know. They know. Yeah. The, the town. Oh, well. But Kala yeah. sounds much more like yeah. fantasy. Ooh, I like Kala. it. Yeah. I, okay, already, I can see our D and D arc starting in Kala. <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they they get their first look at Kala and they are impressed. Uh, but all of them can't help but look at what's beyond. Uh, below them is a river known as the. If our TT, why? Mm-hmm. I don't yep. know how to say that. Nailed it. You said uh, it right. Uh, then uh, cultivated fields and farms. Eddie uh, caught sight of railroad tracks heading into the desert. Uh, beyond it is a great veil of blackness, which Alia Jaffords tells them is thunderclap. Right. So just a couple of things that stood out to me here, and I want to mm-hmm. obviously want you to talk about what stood out to you as well. Yeah, is that absolutely. The whole group of them is looking past the town to Thunderclap and um, that, you know, he comes out and he's like, oh, wow. And they all the people with them assume they're talking about their town, you know, because it's yeah. it is definitely anomaly an anomaly for Midworld based on 
everything that has come before it, right? Well, see, but, I, 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 well, I guess everything that's come before it, but he, I mean, even Roland, I believe in an earlier chapter, says like he doesn't really know this part of Midworld. Mm-mm. No, he's never been here. Yeah, so this is all, I mean, this is all new to him, right? But it's, I think what makes it an anomaly is, yes, it's new, but also we are living in a world where everything is broken down. Everything. Like, the the height of civilization is gone. Everything is slid into this, like, world-moving-on situation. And then he gets to this place that's on the edge of Endworld, where on it's right next to Thunderclap, which is just, like, darkness and chaos, and yet there's this perfectly preserved, functioning, play, like, community that is not just rural. There's also factories and electricity and... Um, there's a town that's an amusement park, like all of these things that are totally counter to everything they've seen before in these books. Yeah. The closest thing we've had to uh, call a Bryn Sturges is Magus. And even that was starting to slide into something else. Or they were talking about like it had been impacted by whatever cataclysmic thing had led to the world moving on because they're talking about like threaded stock and things like that. And here yeah. is this place that seems untouched. So that's wild. But Roland and the gang aren't even looking at it. They're busy looking at Thunderclap. And what's interesting here is it's not that surprising. Eddie even remarks on like Roland, is, he has wanderer's eyes. He's always looking to the future. But so are Jake and Eddie and Susanna. They are more like Roland now than they are like the people they started off as. They have the same, they, they are moving closer and closer to being like Roland himself, which I think is really interesting. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it it goes to like before, right? They're starting to become, well, I mean, like you said, actually, they're starting to become more of this world than their original world. Uh, I don't yeah. know if that's the right way to or way to put that, but they are yeah. more the gunslinger versions of themselves than like their original version. Well, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, and I mean, it's all very like Mordor esque, you know, like they they see the town. And it's something that's in their way, something they have to deal with. Yeah. But their eyes are definitely on the prize. And I think that's true of us, too. Like, we're like, mm, tell me about Thunderclap. Yeah. But they got to they gotta deal with Caliber and Sturges first. Also, something's going up with Andy. I don't know what it is yet, but I mean, I, I, right? I, I assume. I don't remember, but he seems shady. I have a theory, but I think it might be right, so I won't tell you. So I, I think that he is the one giving the information to the wolves. I mean, he must be, right? Well, how else do they know that, uh, like, when, like, the second people move, basically, right? Yeah. If they try to hide people, he they know. Yeah. They, and there was that part where Eddie was talking to him when he, like, crept up on Eddie going to the bathroom. Oh, yeah. And he was like, oh, I can't. I, I forget what exactly what it is, but he's like, oh, there's some, like, basically program. Yeah. Or, uh, some, I forget the wording he uses, but there's a thing blocking you It's like from Order getting... 19 or something yes. like that. Yes. But he also, there's this moment where Eddie's like, we... Like, he's looking at him, and he's like, can robots feel disdain for people? Yeah. But he just, like, and he needs to trust those gunslinger instincts. I don't trust Andy. I don't remember exactly how it resolves with Andy. I actually but... don't trust this entire town, to be honest with you. Um, really? I have bad feelings. Well, I mean, so does Eddie. Yeah, yeah I guess that's yeah. fair. That's like, it, it reminds me when they're going, we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but it totally reminded me when they're going into town, not just where they reference, where they talk about um, uh, Susanna or Susan being taken in for reef night, yeah. but because we've read more of Roland's story than Eddie knows, it reminded me of um, 
when he's going into the town where the little sisters of Aluria are. Yes. I was like, oh, here come the slow muties. But um, <laughs> we'll see. I mean, like, they don't, he doesn't speak very kindly of the, the people in town. They might as well be slow muties. No, and, uh, oh, well, when we get to that, I, I, I have. I love this. You have so many things. Well, I mean, I, I know. I love it. You know, like, they, I'm they making evolve. heart eyes at the microphone right now. Because <laughs> usually DJ's like just right? like, mm, <laughs> when I have my theories. Oh, no. Yeah. It's like, like I said, it's like the, the saw lover in myself. I, I always yeah. want to look past what is yeah. actually being like told to us. And I, I like to try and guess. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it's the whodunit of it all. I just... Yeah. I mean, no one pulls the wool over old Justin's size. Well, it <laughs> or, happens a lot, but you know, whatever. Or do they? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh. the, the other thing that stood out to me in this section that I wanted to touch on is Andy trying to give Susanna her horoscope. So basically everyone in town has done everything they can to make us feel like there's no credibility to what he says but we as you know readers of the book know there's just enough truth in what he's saying that's recognizable now to know that it's worth hearing well, yeah, to know that I mean, we want to hear it so right now obviously he's talking about well i mean the handsome man could be eddie i i want to break it down so let's okay. Let, okay so the first thing he says you will meet a handsome man who the hell is the handsome man? Who do you uh, have any do you have any theories? I, I have, actually don't know. I have a theory okay. that it is going to be the leader of the wolves. Oh, interesting. That could be. I don't remember. Right? Because I mean <laughs> this is a situation where I genuinely don't he, know who he, it I mean, is. He could be handsome, right? Because I mean they so, masks, right? Exactly. And like I always thought, okay, well, well, not always, but while I was kind of reminiscing on what i heard uh just a, a few hours ago um i was like okay well he, he can't i don't know i mean it could be about eddie but i feel like all this is future stuff and because right. i also thought okay well maybe it can be roland but they always actually kind of describe roland as like ugly i think they actually use ugly as like i a mean term that's to what eddie him. calls him big tall yeah. and ugly yeah so i i don't think Long it could tall. be him mm-hmm. so i think it's it's somebody we haven't met Hmm. I mean, it says you will meet him. Yeah. That well, yeah. Leads me oh, yeah. To believe, okay. Leads me yeah. to believe it's got to be somebody new. Yeah. Um. And then it's you will have two uh, two ideas, one good or one bad, and one good. So to me, this kind of speaks to it could be yeah. literally two ideas, like okay. she has a good idea and a bad idea. Yeah. But there's also a duality to Susanna, as we know, there are two people inside that body right now. Yeah, and, and so for sorry, me, this was like, oh, sorry. I, I keep interrupting you go ahead. i don't care go for it okay. i like how excited you are <laughs> well, this I, is fun <laughs> I, I was just gonna say for me this was like i knew i well i mean obviously i could be wrong but i i felt like i knew immediately that he was talking about the kind of two people fighting for mm-hmm. control right now right because yeah. we had Detta and she's gone yeah um well not gone but like merged yeah integrated um, yeah. yeah integrated that's yeah it's a better word um and now there's mia mm-hmm. which again kind of uh obviously mia is the twinner of and well i don't i say obviously that could be true i don't, I don't know but i'm assuming that she is the twinner uh but when she uh toe dashed something mm. got crossed oh interesting 
Oh, well, see, I don't know, but that doesn't really make sense though because she was she showed up after the Emerald Tower or yeah. the Emerald City. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember if they toe dashed in the Emerald City or not. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I mean, the thing with that we still don't have answers for. I don't know if we get answers or how it works. Is they're in the Emerald City and then, and then they wake up and they're really far away. Yes, but there are tracks that lead from the Emerald city to where they are. So they were in some sort of hypnotic state or something in that interim time. We don't know. Yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah. Cause they even uh, earlier in the book, they mentioned like, we still don't know how we got here. Basically. I think right. it's when they meet. The, well, no, it's probably before they meet the priest. Cause I don't think Roland would have actually told the priest that. Right. And I don't know if they were close enough to black 13 for it to be doing working its magic on them or not because it's as they get closer and closer to black 13 it seems like it's getting stronger and stronger yeah like they're they're toe dashing are you so excited to see black 13 i only because of what happened with uh, the wizard's rainbow i believe is what it was called Uh Uh, Uh uh-huh i am excited all right and then the last thing is you will have a dark haired what do we assume it's the baby or do we think maybe that's a misdirect well, uh, I'm trying to remember what I got to look this up. Jake. I will Dark say I'm like, shut Tower. up, Oberhoser. I was listening to that. Don't interrupt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So we think probably it's the baby. We don't think it's I, I think it could be. Well, just because I assume that there is a baby. What I love about these horoscopes so far is it feels to me like they work the same way the prophetic dreams do where you recognize some things and you think like, oh, I know what this means. And then later when you go back. Yes. you it like there's actually everything matters and it all meant something i love that i love that it's such a payoff later yeah, like I, even I, stupid things like at the palaver and they're talking about purple blades of grass and then you get to the rose and there's yes, purple blades. yeah i love all that stuff i get all that's see that's when i get like you know push pins with red yarn on a cork board and mm-hmm. that's what makes it happen and it's not my fault no it's i mean i oh man i'm really stuck on that dark hair it's why do, why do they got to cut people off like that, though? That's so, like... So rude. Let them at least finish. We were sentence. listening to that. Jeez. <sighs> All right. Next section. Okay. So, uh, this is section five. Uh, in a forward aside, Eddie thinks he never forgot his encounter with the people of Kalaw because it was so full of surprises. Uh, he remembers the way the torches change after the speaking was done. He remembers boys saluting the crowd, his anger at Roland... Susan sitting at a piano bench and above all Roland dancing. He also remembers the ride down to Kala's high street and his premonition of foreboding. Yep. King loves to pull this Kingism where he gives us the full foreshadow. Yes. And it's funny because he's like, these things were very surprising to Eddie. So I'm just going to tell you about them now. (laughs) Uh, But it works for me because then what he describes is so wild, like, Roland dancing, Eddie being mad at him. Like it's very intriguing, but also it ratchets up that tension by being like his, you, you feel like it's someone who's talking about something after something bad has happened. Yeah. And it's, it's almost like, uh, so this is kind of going back to the whole twinning Eddie thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like he is remembering parts that we are seeing now and parts that, maybe happened in the past like maybe oh like maybe the last time they were here or he was here even they didn't take to them as like a twinner 
Yes, like they, but he is having the memories of both. And like, do you think it's like something that's happening simultaneously on another level of the tower? Like well, a winner? It, it could just be like a, like a straight up and down, like alternate dimension maybe. And he's kind of. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so in section six, uh, the Cotet reaches the town just before sunset, but the town is seemingly empty and the quiet gives Eddie the creeps. It reminds him of the story of Susan being thrown being brought down into the town on reap night the whole town is waiting for them at the pavilion uh the town silent the town silently watches as they enter and get up on stage uh oven over holzer sorry that name is just weird to me it is a weird one yeah uh it takes the feather and tells him that despite his initial misgivings he now thinks that the contact can help them uh help them and they are indeed from the line of eld uh, then he introduces them. First, Roland comes out, plunks down his heel, and sounds, and the sound of which reminds him of a coffin. Uh, they each take turns introducing themselves, including Oi, who imitates the leg bow bow. Uh, uh, to the amazement of everyone except Roland, uh, then with a world, uh, warning, Roland tells the crowd that Eddie will be speaking to them. Eddie is furious, but ultimately he does a good job, saying they they are going to look around and see if they can help. They will. Uh, but the people have to do their part as well. The crowd claps and cheers. Eddie realizes, like Cuthbert before him, he is Roland's mouthpiece. The town is seemingly on their side, so they go have their feast, though Eddie still can't shake the feeling of foreboding. The thing that always stands out to me is, and I've said this before on the show, is that history doesn't repeat, but it does rhyme. And I think that there's some of that, right? Like yes. there's this echo of time where he's remembering Magus because there's this like quiet town and the sense of foreboding. But then there's also little like weird details, like the fact that the livery stable in Caliburn Sturges is called the Traveler's Rest, which obviously was a place in Magus. Well, I don't remember that, but believe me, it's true. <laughs> I do not, but okay. <laughs> um, and so I think that is interesting. And it, like, cause you've got my brain thinking with this like looping idea. And I was thinking like, maybe it's not so much looping as it is just sort of like this resonance, like this psychic resonance is just like constantly rhyming. And maybe that's what Eddie's picking up on is these like almost ripple effects of like, I don't know. Well, then like, see, that's why it's kind of hard to talk. I mean, it's hard to talk about timely, right? Because it, it reminds me of, do you know what the worst part of a time loop is? What? Do you know what the worst part of a time loop is? God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I got you with that. Uh, <laughs> I also hate myself a little bit. My personality is the God worst. Damn it. <laughs> no, it's okay. Uh, because let me tell you this. If I knew that, uh, if I knew that uh, whole thing before you did, I would have tried to work it in. Work it in. So, okay. <laughs> yeah, your kids are getting at the age you'll be able to drop that on them and drive them nuts. Oh, I've I've already pulled off the uh, high high hungry. I'm dad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, you are a dad. Yeah, <laughs> you thought it was when your child was born you became a father. But no, 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 you, no, no, no. It was reached, in that moment. <laughs> you reached well. You reached that moment in the sleeping, sitting up, just like randomly after work on a kid. That and, I don't know why that like touches my heart so much. Just to say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the other thing that we get is we start to really get the shape of the culture of this town. And we had little bits and pieces, like obviously we had the prologue where we met Tian and, and Zalia, and we had the town meeting where we kind of understand like the manny are around and 
there's like a very sort of agrarian kind of hierarchy in in the you know it's like very rural sort of farm community but now through eddie's eyes we get to see the culture a little bit differently he humanizes it we get to see the parts where you know these people are you know equal parts fear and hope we get to see what the children what it's like to be a child there it's up until this point we've really only ever seen a, an adult perspective and like what it means to be a parent in this place but now we see the kids wait am i ahead of myself i think i am ahead of myself that's okay though it's okay well anyways we get yeah. to see part of the culture we'll 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 come back to the the children sorry about that i i pulled a dj i got ahead of myself <laughs> i mean you had to assume it was going to happen right with all the talk about how i mean jake jake's whole thing is gonna be with the kids yeah right oh my god maybe he's gonna get taken by a wall maybe he's that maybe age. Not. He, he's the age maybe maybe not so what right. um okay so let's talk about what happened on the stage uh one of the things i really love there's like a, a kind of a moment here where roland is on stage and they're describing the lights on his face there's um you know there's the red glow of the sun on one side it says the the su- red sun set his left cheek on fire and the right was painted yellow with torch glow he put out one leg the thunk of a worn boot heel on the boards was very clear in the silence eddie for no reason thought of a fist knocking on a coffin top which is obviously just like rad writing like incredibly evocative but to me i was kind of trying to think about the symbolism of this moment because i think that there is a lot of metaphor happening that he has these two lights that are lighting up his face followed by him kicking the ground and and, and it sounding like a coffin and to me my interpretation of this and you can tell me if you feel differently or if this okay. went way by you and i'm yeah. tinfoil hatting is that like basically what we're seeing is rolling at a transition point right he's moving from the past to the future and mixed in this metaphor is this thing about coffin a coffin which to me and this ties into your theories and he what he's moving away from yeah he's moving towards death yes um i yeah so for me it was because oh um the whole coffin thing specifically for eddie mm-hmm. is because I, we are hearing about it through eddie's eye eddie's yeah point of view right so yeah it could even be that maybe roland has always been this way but we are Eddie is now just kind of seeing these two sides to him. Interesting. And uh, obviously the coffin thing. Well, I, I, yeah. If you want me to say it again, I will. I think Eddie's gonna die. Uh, <laughs> but why would he see it on Roland? Are you saying like he's well, just he, hearing the, the death knells himself, or do you? I, I kind of felt like Roland's moving towards either like killing or dying, or the road ahead equals death. But so you it, think it could specifically even be this like, is Eddie because it's his perspective. Uh, well, so I, I think that is like the the main takeaway here is that it is from Eddie's perspective, right? Mm. He could maybe see, because he doesn't like say it looks like a coffin. He says it sounds like a coffin. So to me, that's like a sound he has. Um, it could be he feels like there is a lot of death coming. Yeah, I mean, it could he does be, have that, like, sense of foreboding. Yeah, and it, it could be from whatever happens with the wolves, right? Like, he is almost, like, his subconscious, his, his subconscious is, like, preparing himself to deal with death. Mm, that's interesting. Whether it is, like, 
feeling it out because obviously last time he had like a big uh deal dealing with death like it's it's hard because i don't remember where he came in with the tiktok man by the way where he came in he never saw are you talking about in the he never like saw in blood right, in right? No, like just, he almost went almost directly to blaine right yeah well he yeah he and Susanna went to the cradle and then they had to fight all of the grays so i am um, cubes i don't know one of them yeah i was i was trying to think of like the last time Eddie had to deal with like a lot of death because obviously like you think of Balazar's voice. I mean, it probably would have been blood because there was that shootout with all those people that he killed. And he even references here where he's like, I, or later in this chapter, he's talking about like, he likes the finality of the answer with a gun. But then he talks about how like, you know, he shot some guy on his birthday. (laughs) So So I think that was the last one. So maybe, I mean, maybe it is kind of, we weren't really getting, eddie's viewpoint back then mm-hmm. whereas it's it's definitely shifted a lot right um yeah and it could just be eddie's subconscious getting him ready to either deal with death or deal death do you think it's an issue where he kind of has the shine and so he can like sense an impending death oh i didn't even think about the shine being involved <laughs> <laughs> so many layers so many rabbit holes to go down oh my god he could have the shine though that is well mm, point. but i mean there's i mean i uh, do but think also, eddie has the shot i think they all like just like i think jake has the most mm-hmm. and roland has the least and eddie's eddie is somewhere in the middle well, and so they, is Susanna, they, they, Susanna has this ability to see things she was not present for so she definitely has the shine they also talk about the the, the sh- the shining the shining in the shining um about uh as you get older it gets weaker right yeah and i That's mean true. roland is the oldest one right he's kind of yeah. lost he's like losing very his touch very old apparently yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay let's see here what else oh this i think is interesting when they all introduce each other they all refer to themselves as being part of the line of eld which is we talked about earlier something that has been on Eddie's mind and potentially on Jake's because he also says it. Um, and then they say nine quartet of 19 quartet of 19 quartet of 99. Any theories what that means? No. <laughs> uh, okay. That's okay. You obviously no. it was like, part of me wants to say like, maybe he had, straight answer would be maybe he had to say that in a way kind of in a way like that so oi could say it like oi could hmm because we do get oi talking here yes yeah well exactly and he also says like a ted of 19 or whatever uh oi eld something else i can't remember what it yeah. was well, yeah well i exactly. love this it's, it's oi speak right <laughs> yeah i mean i i, I to me i kind of felt like the speculation over whether or not he speaks is over like he seems to be speaking here not just mimicking no i mean roland tells him oh he roland tells him to like what to do yeah and he does it oh my god i love so much i'm so glad you love boy too oh who doesn't love boy i mean serial killers <laughs> i was gonna only... say does does dj not like oi because uh, he of course he, he doesn't like oi like we like oi but he likes oi oh, okay that's fair. i told you he thought he was like jar jar binks so 
Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> if I right. thought he was like Jar Jar Binks, I wouldn't like him either. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, I see. I don't know. The ninety nine thing is. Hmm. Is it messing with you now? Well, I just I the problem with it is, I think I will have more of an opinion on it when I know what nineteen is, mm-hmm. because then I can kind of put meanings yeah. to the numbers. Yeah, I think you will. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. Okay. So the last thing is Eddie is has a realization that that Roland has made him his mouthpiece and I think moreover the most important sort of takeaway here is that it tells you how much the relationship between Eddie and Roland has evolved you know that the thing he thought about Eddie was that he was just this idiot who ran his mouth and now he has enough respect and um, trust in him that he's willing to let Eddie be his speak for him yeah, I mean, he he lets Eddie speak for him and, like, the entire group, right? Like, the entire content. content. Mm-hmm. I said that too fast and it didn't sound right, so I had to reach it. Sorry. <laughs> uh, some of these words you got to take slow for a purpose. Um, but, yeah, I, it's, again, it's like a, a, their relationship is e- evolving. And, all right, so on to, on to our uh, final section today. The finale. Uh, yeah, section seven. Uh, after Eddie's speech, they sit down to eat a huge feast. After a toast, the light changes color to a red color. They all mm. applaud. Uh, Eddie looks around and sees that the kids have joined them and speculates which will be most affected by the culling. Uh, very dark, by the way. Uh, yeah. He also wonders about the... the Sorry. Bront <laughs> children? Root. Root? Root. Yeah, Root. Root children who are off at a party. Uh, the townsfolk come to ask him tons of questions uh all of which uh shrug off uh he, until he's sorry. approached no, <laughs> i wasn't okay. expecting you to read this i would have been <laughs> sorry this is, uh until he is re- uh, approached by uh the worst person in this book so far uh telford yeah telford who, sucks yeah begins questioning him and uh, uh and if he's a real gunslinger uh, eddie takes an instant dislike to him and can tell that telford will never come to their side until they're successful Actually, the I, I I'm trying to remember like word for word what he says, but he's like, if if they win, he's basically going to say that he was on their side the whole time. Well, I have the quote right. Oh, here. perfect, because it's like Cause I have of, the book open yeah, in front right, of me. Fair it enough. is no need. Telford smiled. It was a handsome Paul Cartwright smile, and in it, Eddie saw one thing clear: this man would never come over to their side. Not that was until and unless. Every wolf out of Thunderclap lay dead at the town's inspection in this very pavilion. And if that happened, he would claim that he had been with him from the very first. And it it, it, it lets you know who Telford is immediately. Oh, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. shitty person. I, I hate him yeah. so much already. Yeah, when he comes up and calls, refers to Jake as their cob abbey. Yeah, which that is was. like such diminishing language. Eddie was like, Mm-mm, nope, nope. Nope, nope, nope. He did not like that at all. Yeah, I, I also like the hmm. sort of subtle character reveal of the handshake when he's feeling his hand, and there's just just a few little calluses where he holds the rope. You know, he doesn't get his hands dirty. Like he's always on horseback, lording over the people who are doing the manual labor. Like, it oh tells yeah, you he's so a much about person. Him. Yes, mm-hmm. like it wouldn't surprise me if he is the one giving uh the 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 wolves the information i mean he could be 
He could certainly could be. I but, can't. I don't actually know. So this one is not me trying to misdirect you. I yeah, no. Well, don't this know. one's just it's it's weird to me because it well not weird. It's it's hard for me to kind of gauge where he is because we also have Andy who at this point is kind of put in, put in 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 the back row while we're meeting all these people. So it's because mm-hmm. then if it is Andy. <laughs> I wonder if he's got like a. Like I can totally see your saw DNA in this. Yeah. You're like, who's not on screen? Yeah, well, and that's what it is, <laughs> right? Like, who, who in this, in this scene is in the background because they've got to be doing something, right? I don't know. I don't. Know. I, don't I don't like Telford though. He is bad, bad business. Yeah. yeah. I what I thought was interesting too is when he talks about Wayne, uh, or sorry, Overholzer. He calls him Wayne the Weather Vane. Um. Which makes me wonder if he's the ally that they think they have. It makes me a little nervous about Overholzer too. But it could also just be Telford being a dick. I don't know. I don't know what King. I know that King is telling us something, and I don't know if he's telling us about Telford or if he's telling, warning us about Overholzer. But something is happening there. I, I think it's the whole town. I really don't think. Obviously, the parents are. Mm-hmm. Something's They've going got on. Skin in the game. Yes, something's going on. Yeah, I do think, and I accidentally got ahead of myself, I did think his assessment of the town in the section is really interesting. Um, because you really, it drives home how horrifying it would be into this town. Even though, like, some of these older people are like, hey, 23 years apiece, that's great. But for other people, the parents and the kids who have people, children of this particular age group, like, this is not, 23 years doesn't matter. This is now for them um so i don't know i think and then there's these moments where we see that they're capable of great kindness as a town like the fact that the root children aren't just like shut away somewhere but they're at a party having ice cream and cake and stuff and they're taking care of them to some degree with kindness while at the same time being too cowardly to protect their children i don't know there's a complex nuanced psychology to this town that I think in lesser hands we wouldn't really get. Whereas this feels human in that it's both there are good things about this town, but there are also flaws to these people in this culture. I don't know. I don't know how you feel about all that. I don't know. I, I mean, for the, for me, because this was kind of the, the last part, mm-hmm. I, I, it's when I read a book, it's weird. Uh, usually the last part, is something that never really like grasps my oh. brain. So I always have to like go back a little bit. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're, even, you're running out of steam at the end. Yeah. Even well, and it's, it's weird because it's like, so for example, today, this was the only part I listened to like this whole, like the set the seven sections. Uh-huh. So it was like an hour, I believe an hour, just over an hour. Yeah. Yeah. But for whatever reason, the last part and anytime I do this, always the the last like section or chapter never sticks so i always next so for example if i was going to listen to this tomorrow i would go back and oh. re-listen to this last part again and, and just kind of like ingrain it in my brain a little bit interesting so unfortunately yeah. i don't really I mean, have much to say subtle, the last part. yeah there's some subtle stuff in here but i don't think it's the most important part um it's just like again we're like world building i also think you want to talk about people on the fringes of this the manny are present but nobody's Nobody's spoken to the Manning yet. And they're interesting because they're the ones that also have like 
they're the ones that like talk about walking between worlds and stuff like that. Because remember, that's who um, I'll just the leader of the coffin hunters. He had spent time with the Manny and talks about that in uh, Wizard and Glass. And remember, they were the ones that were like, just give them all the children. Let's kill or let's just kill all the children. Remember them? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The Manny are interesting. I'm waiting for Roland to go chat with the Manny because I feel like they're going to tell us some stuff. I don't know if that's like you tell me like, hey, just wait until he talks to them. because No, I don't remember. This is me having a shit memory and not remembering, but I'm fascinated by the Manny. Okay. So I, this is me anticipating and wanting to see it. So here's the thing. I've read these books and I remember like major plot beats. Yes, obviously. But I would say 85% gone. It's like a first time read. So some of the things I'm saying are me like trying to like not give you a solid answer because I don't want to say yay or nay. Some of it is just me being like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't mm, know. Okay, okay. Sounds good. I like that theory. That sounds cool. Sure. Why not? I could see how that would eventually end up when I, to where I remember. <laughs> so, so yeah. All right. So overall, what did you think of this chapter? It was okay. Uh, okay. I think it, it gave, it gave me like a new light on some theories, obviously. Okay. Um, okay. Which is always important. Uh, but uh, I don't know. Other than that, again, it's like it's set up, right? So I, I don't think I think setup is important. I don't think it's the most like exciting stuff. That's fair. But it's important because without the setup, nothing matters. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that's what this is, right? Like, and I, and yeah. The Dark Tower series is great at setup. I mean, it's also great at like the the outcome and mm-hmm. the. The, like, the a, it has a good the, like build and re- like yes it, it climax build and climax kind of thing <laughs> man back you to like I'm the saying. vinegar strike stuff yeah i get it <laughs> see it all comes back it all comes back full circle <laughs> i don't even know if that was in the episode or not i don't, I don't know if that was before uh, or not. it'll go remember. in now okay, <laughs> you just locked enough. it in <laughs> but but yes That's fair. It, this it's it's important and yeah. obviously there are going to be some things in here that end up you know, being whatever, not mm-hmm. mattering really, but it's all important and it all gives more flavor of the world. And so it all means that when something happens in this world, it's, it's more impactful. So mm-hmm. do I think it's exciting? No. Do I think it's important? Yes. How did I feel about it? Yeah, it's okay. You know, I'm, it, okay. it's, I'm more looking forward to what is happening, what is going to happen. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. There's some good stuff ahead, I think. Okay. So as long-time listener of this podcast know, I love world building and I love interpersonal psychology and relationships. So I loved this chapter. Um, I also love the action beats and I'm excited to see what comes. But like those quiet sort of moments of character growth and connection with Jake and Roland at the part at the beginning when he's like, you know, nervous to tell him that he wants to have a slumber party with his friend or Eddie having these realizations that... Uh, Roland now respects him enough to have him be his mouthpiece. Like those things to me are always what deepen the stakes and the impact of the action beats. Like the action beats can be cool, but they aren't necessarily going to be powerful or impactful uh, if you don't care about the people who are in them. So these little moments to me are what make the bigger moments that much more special. So I loved this chapter. Um, I am ready for some shit to pop off for sure. For sure. But I'm having a good time with these quieter chapters too. 
All right. I don't have any Stephen King universe connections this time. Uh, I know we're going to have a lot of them in the next section. So I'm sure we'll be talking about that both in text and subtext uh, next time. But I do have a little bit of news. Now, this isn't directly Stephen or Dark Tower, but I'm going to cheat just because I think it's really interesting. And it's Dark Tower adjacent because this creature very much lives in the... um, lore and the mythology of of the dark tower which is there is a prequel to the uh it movies on its way to hbo max so all right here's here's the news story so this comes from variety it says the series is currently called welcome to dairy and will begin in the 1960s in the time leading up to the events of it part one the 2017 film based on the stephen king horror novel this story also uh, said is said to include the origin story of Pennywise the Clown. Andy Muchetti, who directed It Part 1 and 2019's It Part 2, which sucked, is attached to executive oh, okay. producers. I, ha- I have to rake in here. I'm sorry. I agree. It Chapter 2 sucked, but mm-hmm. it gave me that year possibly mm-hmm. one of my favorite character moments. Yeah? Um. Oh my god. I'm horrible with names. Okay, hold on. I gotta look it up. It Chapter 2. I, uh, Bill Hader... Mm-hmm. Um, so there's two moments with Bill Hader in that movie that uh, break me. Uh, it okay. is the dead face when he is just like given it shit and like he gets caught in the the I forget what they call the like dead beams or whatever the the dead lights. Oh, the dead lights. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he just like gets caught halfway through. Like I just watch the transition. Just watch that scene and just watch him get caught in the dead lights. It is like okay. um, it is amazing. And him crying over, I mean, his, the, per, the Oh, Stan. Uh, <laughs> I know. Made me, cry. made me cry. He is the best actor in that movie. Oh, yeah. By and far. Uh, I think he does a fantastic job. But the, I, I, the but it chapter two sucks. <laughs> I mean, that's the problem with the, it is the first half of that book is incredible. And the second half is just not as strong. Yeah. It's just not. Yeah. Um, and the movie reflects that. <laughs> Yeah, but i do love bill Hader. like he, bill Hader can do anything be in anything barry that... is incredible oh if you have not God. watched that mm. barry okay. is my favorite i cannot i was gonna say i can season. tell by the noise that you make that you have watched barry because that is the noise of a barry fan i it is his acting in it chapter two that made me as soon as i saw a trailer for barry basically go i will watch it Okay, so according to sources, the Muschettis and Fuchs developed the story along with the sh- uh, uh, along with the show, with Fuchs writing the script. Andy would also direct the first episode. Um, should the project go to series, a writer's room is now open Warner Brother- at Warner Brothers Television, uh, uh, which is the studio behind the project, uh, having produced both of the two films. So essentially, we're getting a prequel, which, well, okay, what's your f- baseline? What are your thoughts about that? Um, so, it, okay. It could be very interesting. It depends on what they decide to tackle. Like, mm-hmm. if we're going to get like the black spot fire. Um, uh, I was, I, my next question was: Did you read the book? Because there's a lot of stuff that got left out of the movie. <laughs> uh, I I read I I it was like the first King book uh, I read. Uh, That's a wild place to start. Yeah, it was uh, rough. Uh, not not in a bad way. Just like well. <laughs> Well, then yeah, that one scene. <laughs> but like, so I'm I'm curious if it's going to do like, because obviously it's got a hit on some of those. I think. Oh, absolutely. That I mean, I'm sad that they excised so much of that plotline in particular. So, like, I'm just I'm curious if we're going to get, like, I, 
forget it's like pastor or something like that the explosion mm-hmm. um I, i'm i'm interested to see what events we get because mm-hmm. I, I i do think that it'll revolve around those but we're also gonna get the uh origin story of him which is kind of weird to me because i don't i don't think we need an origin story mm-hmm. i mean i say that every time a batman movie comes out too <laughs> and then you're like and tickets sold <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> man but i i don't know it's Penny, part of the fun of Pennywise is the mystery. Yeah. And I don't want to have, I, I'm not a huge fan of like having this character for so long. And then they try to like humanize him. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately in an origin story, that's what, yeah, that's what they're going to do. They're going to humanize whoever it is. Be that becomes Pennywise. Mm-hmm. Um, did they say like is it I, are is Skarsgård attached to this? It does not say yet, but I mean because they're still in the writing process. Mm-hmm. Maybe they haven't finalized it, but I mean, it, I would it, imagine they would need to bring him back. I mean, yeah, I mean, <sighs> I'm I'm kind of of two minds. Like on one hand, I'm kind of like, oh, you know, the mystery is fine. There's some backstory that already exists. There's parts of the book that they did not adapt that I wouldn't mind seeing set to screen. Um, But the fact that it's going to HBO Max gives me some hope that they might actually be able to make something really terrifying. That is Um, a good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah. So I'm kind of, I I have an open mind, but a like a, like a skeptical, like a slightly skeptical mind about it. I will definitely watch it if it comes out. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it'll, like, kind of scratch my... I was really sad when Castle Rock got canceled, so maybe it'll fill that hole a little bit. We'll see. So that's what I have for news. So that is it for our reviews and of our news. So if you are playing along and you are reading along, the next episode we are going to be covering... Part two, Telling Tales, chapter one, sections eight through 14. So read those, come back. We will discuss those on the next episode. All right. So uh, we don't have any listener mail this time, but if you want to get in touch with us, there are lots of ways that you can do that. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at castofcaughtzombiegirls.com. You can chat with us over on the Cast of Facebook group, or you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ZGPodcastPlural slide into the dms there i guess um and if you're loving the show please do us a solid and leave us a review on apple Podcasts or wherever it is you're getting your pods including spotify where you can leave us a rating and if you're looking for something spooky to watch tonight because like me you love horror movies check out our video on demand and streaming calendar at the zombie girls website that's grrlz.com and uh yeah if you're looking for some cool new merch well we got that too. Check out our merch at zombiegirls.com forward slash merch. And if you love us and you want to support us, it would mean the world to us if you joined our Patreon where you get all kinds of cool perks, including an extended episode. Um, we were going to talk about Justin's theories, but I feel like we have touched on those. That's okay. I have some backup things that we'll be touching on. Okay. <laughs> so don't worry about that. You also can get our bonus episodes where our exclusive patrons only bonus episodes that are occasionally on video so you can see us laughing and you may even see a dance number or two uh, I'm, just saying. Yep. I'm just saying um yeah so definitely join the patreon 
I guess that's it. So where Justin, if they need more of you in their life, because who wouldn't? Where else can they find you on the internet? Um, so uh like we we mentioned at the the top of the show, uh you can find me and listen to me uh, every week over on the Here's Johnny podcast. Uh again, uh, you know, just running through some horror movies and horror games with my with my <laughs> buddy Larry there. Um yeah. you can find me on Twitter at Oh my god, I always forget this. The underscore Justin Wood because you know how to be professional and everything. Um You'll god. always be pickle thing to me, Justin. Oh, thank you. I want <laughs> I so badly want to go back to pickle thing, but now that I've made the switch, I can't really like flip flop back and forth. Um, I could, but I uh, hard. I feel bad. <laughs> um for everybody that like had to like commit to learning the new one, I don't want to like go back. Anyways, um, but uh yeah, you can also uh read some of my articles yeah. over at uh, uh dreadxp.com um sure, they're awesome they are and uh speaking on that uh the my most recent one as of recording i don't know when this is coming out sorry um yeah, is it'll be out a, next week. oh okay uh I, I i believe the most recent one is a kind of short q a interviewee thing with uh shin Megami or shin Megami tensei uh shinji mikami and basically uh papa resident evil and uh kenji kimura who did like the <laughs> papa resident well, evil. that's how i describe him to people that's my <laughs> my people the people i know who don't play video games i'm like oh yeah he's like basically the the, the resident evil guy um, <laughs> but yeah i i, I talked to him and uh, kenji kimura about their new uh game ghostwire tokyo that just came out and uh, great interview check it oh, out thank you yeah, yeah hopefully really there's good. There's more exciting stuff coming in the future. I mean, I know there is, obviously, but I can't talk about it. So, you know, there's that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, if you want more of me, there's lots of ways you can find me. I'm on the Zombie Girls Horror Podcast. We review films from a horror films from a feminist perspective. You can find me on Stream Queens. We review horror films that you can stream on the internet. You can find me on More Deadly, where we review horror films that are directed exclusively exclusively by women-identified directors. We actually, our episode on Master is going to drop this week, as well as... Nope, that's it for that. And you can find me on the Untitled Nick Cage Show, where we review the entire catalog of national treasure pun intended nick cage uh we just dropped an episode on cotton club um, it's a fun episode to listen to <laughs> i'll right. just leave it at that and then you can also find me on the most recent episode of bloody good horror where we reviewed the film the scary of 61st a very divisive film and a very spicy conversation so check that out um, what was my most recent? It's been a few weeks since I've been on. Uh, here's Johnny, but we have uh, Scream something coming up. Yep, we just finished our Scream uh, mini uh, season. Thank yeah. God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yep. And we have um, potentially something really fun coming up soon. Uh, and if you want more of Justin, the other place you can find him is on the Stream Queens because we are currently going through the entire series hellraiser <laughs> which is also going to be very punishing very yeah. quickly <laughs> yeah yeah you're gonna be like someone just do the box i need this to end someone do the puzzle box <sighs> yep so those are all the many places you can find me and then obviously follow us on twitter at zg podcast you can follow me personally at reachy pants um i wouldn't be mad if you gave me a follow and made me feel special all right so on that note unless you are sticking around for the extended episode that is it for us today folks I'm going to turn it over to our amazing guest with a totally conspiratorial turn of mind, which I 
adore and resonates with me. I don't think, I think we are tipping in rapidly into fully ado, but that's okay. That's okay. Uh, D- Justin, take us out. Uh, may you find your tower and breach it. May you climb to the top. Ooh, I like it. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And to my co-host, DJ, for making me laugh and for indulging all of my tinfoil hat conspiracies. Production on this episode was done by yours truly. Our theme song for the show was created by DJ. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the extended episode. Okay, so let's see. What are we doing? My original plan was to kick things off with all of your theories, but I feel like Uh, we we got got all of them. (laughs) We got them. We got them. So instead, I have another news story. This is one I saw like a headline for, and I was like, I feel like this needs to be discussed by Justin. I want to get your take on it. So the headline, this comes from NME. um, I'm sure that's how you pronounce it. Sierra made a uh, Sierra made Phasmagoria after being turned down by Stephen King. Sierra Entertainment apparently made the iconic point and click adventure Phasmagoria after being turned down by Stephen King. In a new interview, founders Roberta and Ken Williams revealed that their Sierra Entertainment studio wanted to make a horror game, so they approached Stephen King many, many times to collaborate on the project. He didn't know who we were or what we were. Uh, said Roberta, explaining why King turned down their offer. So I just went ahead and made my own horror game, Phasmagoria, which actually went really well. So it was released in 1995 and sold over 300,000 units in its first week and went on to become the ninth best-selling video game of the year with over a million copies sold. Thoughts? So I was actually thinking about this today. Um, You were? Yes. Uh, specifically and who i think would potentially make a good dark tower video game really yes see maybe we are content (laughs) (laughs) i think we're sharing calf it's happening i so it is interesting i don't think a point and click would have been a good fit for the dark tower right um while i think choice is an interesting concept to put into a dark tower game Mm-hmm. Uh, and that'll kind of get into uh, who, what what I think a, a Dark Tower game could look like. I don't yeah. think like the FMV uh, as sorry, I, I want to keep wanting to say phasmophobia every time I say phasm. I know, it's just because it's all it's on our brains <laughs> like all times. <laughs> um, the, the, uh, phasmagoria. Uh, oh my god, now I don't even know if that's right anymore. Oh my god. <laughs> No, my I think brain's... that's right because yeah, now my... you're making me question. I'm yeah, looking at yeah, Phas- fan- Phantasmagoria. Phasmagoria, thank you. I, th- I mean, I do like Phantasmagoria, and I like FMV games. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't think Dark Tower would have been a good fit. It, it almost would have been like they made like a. I think I don't know if it actually ever came out, but they made an Evil Dead game. Mm. Uh, oh yeah, they did. It was like a. Oh, oh, what is that? Oh, I'm trying to think. They made, I feel like they made an FMV game off of that. I just, I don't remember what it is, but I, I don't think that a point and click FMV style is a good fit right. for Dark Tower. So that brings up an interesting point. You're a game designer, okay. or you have, or so you're, no, you own the IP, and all of the game companies out there want to make it. What is the pitch? that you would want to hear 
what who would make it what type of game would it be like design the game for me so uh now here's the question i a a question for you am i designing a specific book to be put into a game or am i designing you tell me what's the best way to do this so i think for the entire series to be put into a game Uh i mean you could have like an action an action adventure game done by like your square enixes or your um and like well no bethesda wouldn't really work because i i I don't think a first person well first person could be interesting but like a fallout situation well but i i think if you were going to make a game a good like jaw-dropping moment would be going from controlling uh roland to being able to then control roland and eddie and then roland and you know kind of build a because you you're you're making a cotat right so right almost like uh i didn't like the avengers game but almost like that well i know like in fallout you get to add companions is that what you mean yeah well that's the thing is it could be companions it could well yeah because i don't think like a co-op game would but it could be although that would be amazing that if it would was be an amazing. open world co-op game and you like each pick a member of the content yes. including oi oh, just sold it <laughs> <laughs> but, but i think uh see i mean a lot of people don't like them but i i could see because of the setting i could see naughty dog doing like a good job with it see? That's me. That's my instinct is directly to Naughty Dog because their strength is their narratives and their oh, yeah. performances. And like, imagine the like emotional weight that they are able to bring out of like kind of a rote zombie story yeah. with the uh, Last of Us, but putting in these characters. Yeah, Which is I, kind of like a mix of an open world, but also just sort of like a, I don't even know what you call it, like linear. So, well, that's why I just had like a.